Y'all are awesome. Praise God. Man, what a, what a great day. What a great week. I love uh, the week of Thanksgiving. I love just the, the, the thought behind it. Uh, food, you know, uh, dessert. Come on. It's just more food, more dessert. Football. Ah, man. Most of all, just the opportunity to be thankful, like Janie said when she opened the service, be thankful to God, which we should be 24-7, 365, but it's really a week where we have just time where we can take out, or a month where we have time we can take out and just say, God, we are so thankful for you. And I do like that part of the song where his goodness is just running after us, it's just chasing us down, and uh, that's, a, that's really a cool thing because we, you know, sometimes we'll chase our grandbabies around the house. And then <laughs> sometimes they wear you out, right? Because you're always going after them. Or uh, kids are younger, we chase them around the yard or play with them in the yard. But God chases after you too, church. He runs after you. And so we're going to talk about gratitude as an attitude. There's a, a verse before we, we, we get into it. I'll, I want to pray because I'm going to break down some verses. There, there's a verse that maybe has brought some controversy to the church world. I'm going to hit on it. Uh, one of the first things I hit on, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Most of it, most of it's my opinion, all right, just so you know. Doctrinally, there's different, it's not even really a doctrinal issue, it's a personal issue. So we'll talk about it a little bit, and then we'll move on to just being thankful and grateful and having a good attitude of uh, just where God is, uh, is bringing you uh, in this journey that we call life, because it is it's a journey. But Solomon said life is but a vapor. It's here today and then gone tomorrow. And we have to recognize that. So we want to, uh, if nothing else, nothing else at all, we want to be grateful to the Lord for what he has already done for us. Amen? So just one more time, can we just give it up for the Lord Jesus Christ? Because he is, man, he is worthy to be praised. Amen? He is so worthy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We know it's blessed and it's anointed, it's truth. And so, Father, we want to make sure that we present it that way. So we pray, Lord, you guard the words out of my mouth today, Lord, that they'd be honoring you and edifying and encouraging to each other. And, Lord, that we lift up uh, each and every person here in a spirit of truth. And we know that grace opens the door so that truth can be taught. So we pray that not only that, but, Lord, we can be thankful today and have a spirit of gratitude and attitude, Lord, that just uh, is one that we are just in love with you and bless you. We thank you, Lord. Uh, open our hearts to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. All right. We're going to go to Ephesians 5. We'll end in Psalms 91. We got some of the scriptures sprinkled in along the way. And so uh, if you, nothing else, maybe you want to take notes regarding the scriptures, you'll want to maybe look at some of these as you get home, maybe entertain the thought or, or open it up. But the Bible says, Paul speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, all right? So he's saying, use wisdom on decisions that you make and how you make them. Making the best use of time because the days are evil. And listen, this has taken place uh, since Adam and Eve fell. When uh, the fall took place, sin entered into the world. And so we know there's an obstacle that we walk through, okay? And there's going to be sin, that nature that works through people, all right? Not the people that are bad so much as that nature in the person. 
believers than if they're not a new creature in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. There could be a colon there, possibly, so that we understand that now he's going to talk about what's the will of the Lord. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. A couple translations says, do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, okay, or an accessible amount, uh, but be filled with the Spirit. This is one that we're going to tackle early on. Now, there's nothing, you know, grateful or thankful. We understand that in the Scriptures, there's many different uh, ways. Paul says, uh, go ahead and take a little wine for your stomach's sake. We know that Jesus turned water into wine. We know that drinking has been an issue in the church, the global church, for years and years. My grandparents came over from Belgium. Another set came over from Polish. And if you know anything about uh, European uh, Catholicism, uh, a lot of it has to do with wine or drinking of some nature, okay? Uh, And so uh, when I got... uh, into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now listen, I feared God since the day I was born uh, through my Roman Catholicism. I was taught to, to fear God. Now part of that was also fearing the nuns and the priests and, and everybody else, but that was just probably my nature out of respect. Our parents taught us that. And so when I got uh, saved uh, into more of a relationship with Christ, okay? And so I loved God, loved Jesus, Love the saints. And then uh, this girl I met uh, in high school, Omaha South High School. I was a senior. She was a sophomore 43 years ago or so. Long time, right? Uh, She introduced me to just more of a relationship with Jesus. But it was almost in a evangelistic sort of way. Uh, When I asked her out, she said, you can date me, but you got to come to church first. So all of you that have young daughters, and when they get to that age of you allowing them to date, don't let them date unless they bring their, uh, their boyfriend to Grace Church. <laughs> so, so there you go. Uh, Isaiah 55 says God's word will not return void, and I learned a different part of Jesus. I learned a relational Jesus. Now, that didn't make any mainline denomination bad. That doesn't make uh, uh, evangelicals bad. I would prefer that we all get along, okay? Charismatics and evangelicals and mainline denominations, all of us get along because if we're all preaching Jesus and salvation, then we're all on the same team heading the same direction, all right? We're all going the same route. We may be taking different ways to get there. Back in the 70s, the uh, wishbone offense was popular, and then the pro-style offense, and then the veer, and now a, a wing spread and different offenses, but they all, their all goal is to score. And so our goal as believers is to make sure that we impact the kingdom of God, however that looks like and however we get there, as long as we're preaching Jesus as truth, all right? Well, what I happened, what happened when I became very relational with Christ is I did learn a long list of do's and don'ts. You can't uh, drink, and coming from a European Catholic family where beer was prevalent in our house on midnight mass, we would have a glass of wine afterwards, and that, that was uh, prevalent. But the, back in the 80s or 70s, when you gave your heart to the Lord, it was like, ah, you can't do that. Ah, you can't do that. Ah, you can't do that. You can't do it. Well, what can I do? Well, you go to church for about 15 hours a week, and then as a 18, 19-year-old boy, that just didn't strike me as being a lot of fun, Henry. I, you know, I just, I liked it, but it was, that's a lot of church. So I'm just saying, I have a hard time getting you guys here for an hour a week or an hour a month. 
we were going 15 hours a week. <laughs> like, come on. Well, it, it was good. It grew great spiritual disciplines in my life. Very good. But so did Catholicism. It grew great, very great. But there was a conflict. And the conflict was you can't do these things because Bubba down the street might drink too much and get drunk. Well, that's Bubba's fault. Hey, my fault. So I want, and I want to talk to you for a moment today about drinking, all right? Because in the church world, I know there's a lot of people that will have a glass of wine or a glass of champagne or maybe a beer after they get home. And Pastor, what do you think about that? I'm going to give you my thoughts. First of all, Paul said, we've got your own salvation with fear and trembling. I think you need to pray about it. I, need to, I think you need to really search the scriptures because I, I don't think it's fair to those who might want to have a glass of wine at dinner time to say, well, when, when Paul says take a little wine for your stomach's sake, that they, that they throw that scripture out and say, well, they, he didn't mean that, or they have medicine now today. Oh, by the way, where's my Xanax or my Prozac? Because I think if Paul wrote that scripture today, he would have said the same thing, leave the volume alone, leave the, the, leave the Prozac alone, leave the Zan, whatever those, all those antidepressants alone, uh, but I don't drink wine. But, but I'm hyped up on all kind of pills. So, so I think what we have to do is be careful that we're not taking uh, scripture out of context. Now again, listen to me. If you need medication to get through a season of your life, I say the same thing. Use it with fear and trembling and pray about it as unto the Lord. Our son Marcus brutally broke his leg about four years ago. I mean, the bone's sticking out. I don't want to gross you out. Blood's dripping all over the, the hospital room. And this is like two and a half, three hours later by the time we got there to Greensboro. And there were certain medications he just refused to take. He wasn't going to take them. The, uh, the uh, addiction rate is higher for those medications. He'd rather suffer for a short season, all right, than try to get addicted or to possibly get addicted to for a long season. So that was his choice. I think it was a good choice. I would say the same thing about drinking. I think what Paul is saying here, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery or that is, uh, that is, is evil in itself. And again, the key word here is but be filled with the Holy Spirit, as Paul is saying, don't use this as a replacement or a substitute for what God wants to do in your life. If you're having a heavy season, don't run home from work or a bad day and tip back the bottle. Make sure that you do what Peter said, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Now, that, now listen, in the church world, I'm going to tell you my opinion, the way I read the scripture, I don't think I have a problem if you have a glass of wine after dinner. I don't have a problem if you have a toast of champagne at the wedding. I have a little bit of a problem if you drink a 12-pack after you mow the grass. <laughs> Are you with me? I think you should use some wisdom involved, and I think if you do drink at dinner time, we were out to uh, dinner with some friends maybe a couple months ago, and, and they said, do you mind if we have a glass of wine? And Janie and I said, no, not at all, for all me. Well, they ended up not having a glass of wine, but it would not have bothered us in the least bit, okay? But I pre here's what I appreciated. I appreciated that they asked. They were very comfortable in asking about that. And so if you think you're in mixed company, don't say, well, I'm free in Christ. You need, to, you need to understand your liberties. Paul said he was free to do all things, but not all things were good for him. 
So if you're going to do some of those things, just do it in moderation. I think anything that we do in our life, if it's above moderation, is not good. Anything we replace, again, substitute a replacement. If I need a drink so bad just to drown my sorrows, then I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in me the way the Holy Spirit wants to work in me. And the reason God gave us the Holy Spirit was so he could do a good work in us. Are you with me? So... You have a beer after work, you have a, a glass of wine at dinner time, you have a, a champagne on New Year's Eve. In my opinion, listen, I'm, I could give you scripture. This is just me speaking. I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you're not using it as a substitute. If you're washing away your sorrows, then we, we, got, real, we got more issues than you having a glass of wine. Y'all, you can talk back to me for a minute. I've either stuns you silly or you're like, great, pastor says we can drink. Y'all been drinking anyways. It's just time to, it's just time to talk about it for a minute, all right? Let's, let's just talk about it. That's all, we're, that's all we're doing. We're just talking about it. So the, the, the freedom is what we read in the first verse. It's the wisdom to ask the Lord. My concern is that we use anything because, again, I think if Paul was writing this scripture today, he would say, do not get hooked on pharmaceutical drugs that make you like a zombie, but be filled with the Spirit. Because I think that's the, that's the concern. A lot of people will say, well, yeah, but the, 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 the medical doctor has prescribed that. That doesn't necessarily mean it's all good. Okay, And because things are legal doesn't make, make things all good either. So we want to walk through that. There's a famous preacher. You would know his name if I gave it. He's a, probably known more for his hardcore preaching and maybe a little bit of his legalism. He had to go to the doctor for a checkup, and he's probably... 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight by his admission, okay? And so the doctor asked him, do you drink? Oh, no, I've never touched it, never take a drink my whole life. Do you smoke? Oh, no, never, never smoke, never do that, never, never do that. Don't even hang around people that do. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, and so the doctor said, well, what, uh, give me a normal, like, meal. What, what are you eating? So, well, oh, you know, the missus will cook a fried chicken dinner and blah, blah, blah. We'll have potatoes and so on, this and that. And he said, so do you ever drink wine? He said, no, I've told you right now. I'm not, alcohol's never touched these lips. He said, well, I think you should have a glass of wine after dinner every day, a glass of red wine. So I can't do that. What do you mean I can't do that? He said, well, he said, that, that, that wine's evil. It'll, it'll, it'll kill me. He said, it ain't the wine that'll kill you. It's the fried chicken that'll kill you. You're eating fried chicken, <laughs> and you're, you're grossly overweight, where this, this red wine scientifically will, let's, will allow your heart to beat better and faster. And, so, and again, I say, if you're going to do that, do it with moderation. If you're going to do it, make sure that, you're, uh, make sure that you know, here, listen to this, Grace Church, no matter who you are, there are people watching you. There are eyes on you. In this front row, we got young people right here. They, they really perked up when I started talking about drinking. I noticed that. First of all, you, none of you are 21. All you got parents you got to listen to first. I'm just talking to you, three, four boys. I know your parents. and you need, I know your grandparents too. But hear, hear me on this. There are times and places and seasons. Now, I respect the crowd that says no, I'm, no, no drink is going to share these lips and I'm not going to drink and bubble and that's good listen th that's really good I'm, I'm with you I'm not against you I respect you 
But I think anything, anything that substitutes our, uh, our emotional response to who Christ wants to be in us by the power of the Holy Spirit becomes a substitute. Some people will, will, will binge watch TV just because they want to dial out of the world. Some people will do other things, and that can too be a substitute. This is what Paul's talking about. We know Jesus turned water into wine, and I bet it was the finest tasting wine ever, ever drank here on, uh, the, on the globe because it's Jesus' miracle and first miracle. And so uh, when Paul does say that, now, now, Solomon says, woe unto them who offer strong drink, okay? Uh, wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. Why? Because it can turn into this debauchery. It can turn into something not meant for good. And we probably all know people who have drunk too much, okay? Maybe got in a car accident. Maybe had liver problems. Maybe had, so we want to understand those reasoning and things. But we also want to hit this that says, wait a second. If we form a list of do's and don'ts, okay? then you're going to have a lot of Christians who quietly go over to the side and, and, and do some of those things that maybe they think they shouldn't be doing, all right, and maybe they shouldn't at all versus uh, this person over here that says, wait, I think it's okay if I have a glass of wine at dinner. This is why the world thinks that the church is full of hypocrites because they're doing things at the office party that they're not hearing preached on Sunday. And so I wanted to take a few moments and just address it because it's part of our text. I didn't want to fly by it and act all spiritual and say, wait a second, uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's not really part of what I'm after today. No, anytime you substitute anything for what the Lord wants to fill you with, then you, you've, you've missed it there. So again, it's not necessarily, in my opinion, my opinion, uh, because I'll have people watch this and they will, they'll make a Bible study out of it. And I, and I'm, I respect that as well. Uh, but I want to tell you that anything you make in replacement or, or substitute, if I'm drinking my sorrows away, if I'm becoming an alcoholic, obviously that is not God's intent or purpose. If you have a glass of wine after dinner, if you have a beer because you mow, if you drink champagne at a wedding, I do not think you're going to split the gates of hell wide open. All right? We good? Anybody confused? All right, good. Well, email emily at gracechurch.tv if you are. All right, let's go to verse, let's go to verse 19. My, I hope you hear my heart. My heart is this. Be careful. Be safe. Be responsible. Don't be a hypocrite, but don't, don't, be, don't replace. All right, don't, don't replace what the Holy Spirit wants to do for any type of drug, pharmaceutical, liquor, anything. I don't, nothing at all. And by the way, uh, NyQuil's got 25% alcohol. Most wine has between 6 and 10%. So throw your NyQuil away when you get home if you hate that part of the message. All right, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. I have always been confused by this scripture. I'm going to be honest with you because my friend Ron Giordana down here is, you know, he's a man's man, had the Hummer for a while, a Harley. I've never gone up to Ron and said, Ron, how are you today? I think Ron would probably punch me in the face. What are you, what are you doing, you nut? Greeting you, like the scripture says. I, I don't not I do not think that's what the scripture is talking about, although that's what the scripture says. 
addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. The heart is the key word here. If we're going to be thankful, if we're going to be loving, we do it from the heart, okay? We're, we're, we walk two as one. I, I uh, read a book called Emotional Intelligence one time, and the author said that have you and another person, say me and Ron are out to dinner, and we're having a, a conversation both about something that we're passionate about. Maybe it's about grandkids, or maybe it's about traveling, or maybe it's about just God's goodness in our life or in our wives' lives. And we're talking, if we talk 15 minutes with about that passion, scientifically, our hearts start to beat together in tune. So this is why God says he looks at the heart of a man or woman and not at the persona of a man or woman because he wants to know where your heart's at. If your heart's in tune with him, then you're starting to make melody with him. You're starting to understand that this, this beating heart, now it just becomes a joy unto the Lord. It becomes a voice. It becomes a, a, a stronghold start to break down because we're, we're in it together. Now we come in on a Sunday morning and we're going to worship together. The worship team is going to, they've prayed over their list, they're, they've practiced, they're singing, and they're going to sing three or four songs, and there's an emotion that comes in. And when we sing together, now we're not only greeting each other, we're greeting all of heaven. And then the glory of the Lord can be poured out. Miracles can take place. It becomes a, a melody. I, I, when I was in high school, the, uh, maybe high school or maybe it was even before high school, the, the movie um, West Side Story came out. I don't know if you're old enough to remember West Side Story, but they, they're doing a remake or they did a remake. And in West Side Story, they, you know, the two gangs get together and before they start to fight, they look at each other and they kind of squat down and they start snapping their fingers. We're going to rumble. We're going to rumble. Now, I don't know about you if you've ever gotten a fight in your whole life. I've never sang to my opponent. I've never snapped my fingers. Henry, we're going to rumble. Me and you, baby. We're going to rumble. I, that has never happened. I don't, they don't do that in boxing matches, UFC fights. They, they don't do that in wrestling matches. They don't do that in football games. We're gonna, they don't sing like that. And, and I understand it's theatrical and it's really good and it's probably a dynamic movie. I watched it when I was young. I was thoroughly confused because uh, if they're going to fight, they just need to get on fighting. Why are they singing? But there's something in our singing that changes our perception of how things are. My wife likes the uh, artist Adele, and she was watching a thing the other night, and Adele has a heavy British accent, which is even hard for her to understand sometimes, you know, or, uh, you know, sometimes these Australian singers, you know, they have this really cool accent, and every church wants an Australian singer. Two of mine are from South Omaha, and I wouldn't trade them for the world. The other one's from Burke County, and she wouldn't let me trade her. She just beat the tar out of me. One country western singer, he had a bad stuttering problem. But when they sing, it's an amazing thing that takes place. Are you with me? This is something uh, scientifically, I don't know the, the medical term, but when the left brain and the right brain work together, only time it does is when we're singing. 
Now, it works together, left and right work together with the heart when we're worshiping or when we're praising. And so now all of a sudden, my hands are thrown up, I'm worshiping to God, I'm loving God with everything in me, and now my heart starts to beat just like the Father's. He has captured my heart. Now I can hear his voice. I can hear him in the spirit world. When I can hear the voice of the Father sing back to me, in fact, Zephaniah says he'll dance right back over me. He'll sing and shout and rejoice back over me. He'll love on me as he will love on you. Why? When we start to address with singing and making melody to the Lord in our heart, it's all about the heart. Let's go to verse number 20. Giving thanks always and for everything. Those are the two things we need to walk away with today. If I give thanks always, like always, I want to always be giving thanks. Thank you, Lord. Even if you don't know what to pray, if it's your prayer time, say thank you, Jesus. Jesus always gave thanks to the Father. Before he did anything, Father, I give you thanks. Father, I give you glory. There's a key there. Jesus is teaching us. Listen, Jesus is all God and he's all man. He's walking on this earth for 33 and a half years. There has to be a keynote there. What is the key to Jesus' success? Because he's also all man. His success was the fact that he was thankful to his Father. Father, I give you thanks always. Give thanks always and for everything. We have a good time giving thanks when we got a good report from the doctor. Man, that's great. We have a good time giving thanks when we got a promotion and the, and the check went up. We have a good time giving thanks when, when the cupboard's full and we're having Thanksgiving. We don't always give thanks for everything, though. We need to give thanks when the report from the doctor isn't so good. Father, I give you thanks. Even, even if you say, Father, I give you thanks, maybe the doctor's wrong. I'm believing for a miracle in Jesus' name. Father, I give you thanks that maybe the cupboard's bare, but you're going to fill it back up tomorrow. Whatever the situation is, Father, I give you thanks that so-and-so is sick or so-and-so hates me or so-and-so doesn't. Whatever the case is, Father, I give you thanks not always, but I give you thanks for everything just the way it is. Why is that? Because if we do that, we capture the heartbeat of the Father. And in Thanksgiving season, it's easy to understand the thankful spirit. I'm a Nebraska football fan. They're three and eight. Three wins, eight losses. They didn't play football good for 20 years. Yet I'm thankful I got to watch them yesterday. They lost. I'm desensitized to it as long as I got to get to watch them. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? There's the key. If we do it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, if you have orchestrated my life, Father, if you have orchestrated my way, if you have ordered and ordained my steps, that's what the word order there means, if you have ordained my steps, if you are my rear guard, if you have a hedge of protection around about me, if you've got a shield of favor over me, everything that I must go through then is ordained or okayed by you. Everything. So I'm going to give you thanks for it. I'm just a pilgrim passing through anyways. This is not my final destination. My final destination is in glory with the, with the Heavenly Father. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live one day and just rest, rest at Jesus' feet. And then if he gives me a job to do for 10,000 years, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because this down here is just a dress rehearsal for what we're going to do up there. 
So I'm going to give thanks always and for everything to God. And the Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jason, give me Psalms 112 and 7 again. We talked about it earlier. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm. This is a psalmist talking about someone who loves God. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. He's not afraid of bad news. Bad news doesn't. Well, what if the what if the doctor says this, or what if the what if the economy turns? What if what if gas jumps to five dollars a gallon, or what if the stock market crashes? What if God is still on the throne? Jesus is at the right hand of the power. The power position. He's given him his right hand. He can speak one word, and things could change for you in just a heartbeat. We have to get the heart of the Father in our lives. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm. What's it mean? Because my heart is trusting right there, trusting in the Lord. I trust in the Lord with all my heart, and I lean not upon my own understanding. In all my way, acknowledge him, and he will direct my paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, there's nothing to worry about when God is in charge. And the only reason, the way we make God is by making God in charge. When we understand what God does when we have a grateful heart and a thankful heart and a peaceable heart. Let's go to Psalms 98. This is, we're going to read 1 through 9. This is in the Message Bible, Eugene Peterson's translation. I love how it reads. Sing to God a brand new song. Stop there because Janie and Andrew and the team introduce us to new songs all the time. And sometimes we'll say, man, I still don't, that song's too wordy. Or I just don't like that song. And a couple months later, that's our favorite song because we hear it and we hear it on the radio. or We hear them sing it several times. It's like, it's the words. You have to capture the words. So sing to God a brand new song. He's made a world of wonders. He rolled up his sleeves. He set things right. I like that part because it seems like when, you, when you're looking at God, you're looking at man, you're looking at the world, and all of a sudden God's like rolling up his sleeves. You know, it's like, uh-oh, he means business. He's ready to get some work done. He rolls up his sleeves for you. He rolls up his sleeves to show you the wonders that he has. This is what the psalmist is saying right here. He's setting things right. Verse number two says, God made history with salvation. He prophesied it in Genesis, the third chapter, told the enemy what he was going to do, did it then in Luke, the second chapter, when a Savior was born into the world. And then he, he raised for 33 years. He died on a cross. His name is Jesus. Then he was resurrected from the grave. Over 500 people saw him seven different times. Either one, two, seven, 12, 500 individuals saw him. He showed the world what he could do through that salvation. Salvation. Verse number three, he remembered to love us, a bonus to his dear family, Israel. Uh, whole earth comes to attention. Look, God's work of salvation. Verse number four, shout your praises to God, everybody. Can we take five seconds to just give God a shout of praise? Come on, church, for watching online. Come on, church. It's important. Come on. He's worthy to be praised. Shout your praises to God, everybody. Let loose and sing. Strike up the band. Now, some people say, man, I, you know, it's just a little bit too loud. And maybe it is for some. It might be. It might be. Strike up the band. We're doing what the psalmist says. Shout your praises. Let loose and sing. Now, some of you could let loose a little bit. Just every now and then. Just let loose. It's okay. It, 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 feels, it feels a little bit. Just put your hands up. 
Maybe just bow over for a moment. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to fake it. I'm not asking that. I'm just saying, if God, listen, if you won the lottery, you'd be excited. You'd be like, man, what am I going to do with $400 million? <laughs> Tithe. <laughs> Tithe. And we've agreed as a board, if you win the lottery and go to Grace Church, you need to tithe 20%. Yeah. Amen. So if you won the lottery and you had $400 million, you're like, man, this is going to be awesome. You'd, you'd tell a few people. You'd be excited. You, you'd, and you'd like in your heart, you'd be happy. This is, that's, you won the lottery when God wrote your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're not going to spend an eternity in hell. You have all of heaven all the angels, the angelic band, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are, you're going to be forever in God's uh, aroma, in God's presence. You have already won the lottery. You, we need to let loose every now and then and sing and strike up the band. Verse number 5 then says, round up an orchestra to play for God. Add a 100-voice choir. You're the choir. Number 6 says this, feature trumpets and big trombones. Fill the air with praises to God. This is what he's saying. It's like the big band era. Uh, the psalmist is saying, this is what heaven's going to feel like, but you can have it here on earth. And then uh, let's go to verse 7. Let the sea and its fish give a round of applause. Now listen, this is not metaphoric. The, the, all of creation loves God. The, the trees wave in the wind. The mountains bow down or become majestic. The clouds roar with everything living on earth joining in. What's he saying? That all of the, Jesus said those rocks will cry out if you don't praise me. If you don't give me thanks, I'll find something that will give me thanks. The psalmist here is saying, here's a way to do it. Let's all join in together. Verse number 8 says this. Let ocean breakers call out, encore, encore, and mountains harmonize the finale. Verse 9, as we close, a tribute to God when he comes back. Uh, when he comes to set the earth right, he'll straighten out the whole world. He'll put the world right. He'll, he'll let everyone in. What's he saying? If you'll understand what God is doing, what God wants to do, what God will do just through a grateful heart, what God will do just with a thankful mind, with a thankful attitude, what God will do when we sing praises. Stand with me on your feet for a moment. When you, when you praise God, when you offer God, the glory do his name. When you offer God, man, I got to worship God. I just, I, I don't even know how to pray. I'm just going to worship God. I don't even know how to, how to, how to get through or navigate this. I'm just going to praise God. I'm going to sing praises to God. And all of a sudden you do it not to manipulate. You do it not to, uh, not to, uh, uh, out of fear, but you do it because you genuinely love God, all of a sudden your heart beats the same as God's. Your, your heart is beating together. There are no substitutions. You have not removed anything. Now your heart is beating the same as God. Raise your hands towards heaven if you're comfortable doing so. I want to pray for you. We're going to sing another song. I want you to know that you have breakthrough right here amongst you. You have breakthrough right here in you. And all it does is saying, God, I love you with a grateful heart and I praise and thank you. Now, Father, Father, would you open up the heavens over this place? Lord, those who are walking in, in fear, those who are walking in anxiety, those who are walking
walking in trepidation, those who are walking, Father Lord, even in sin, Lord, you can break them out of them right here and right now. We, bind, we call out addictions and bind them in Jesus' name. We call out things that are not of you and bind them in Jesus' name. We speak life, Lord, over this congregation, over all those watching in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we pray, Lord, with a thankful heart, with a grateful heart. We praise you, Father, out of a joyful spirit, knowing that even if things aren't the way we want them to be, Lord, that you're opening the heavens right now and you're making a need. You're, you're rolling up your sleeves, God. I thank you, Father, for rolling up your sleeves on our behalf, Lord, to meet our need. Now I pray, Father, Lord, you go with each one as we worship. Father, Lord, you go with their spirit. You go with their heart. You go with their mindset. Lord, allow them to praise and to worship you, Father, in Jesus' name.
but yes, so happy birthday to a special person in our church. He, he does all the finance of budgeting. He does a lot for Grace Church. Y'all don't see that. We keep him busy. We keep him really busy. <laughs> but you see, they're painting the church, right? You so saw the paint? Gonna Is that going to look awesome? A week or two. It's going to look good. Hey, yeah. and two of our kids celebrated birthdays last week, Marcus and Jill. We want to give them a shout out. Oh, Marcus, so, happy birthday. Jill, happy Jill, birthday, Marcus, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Can you pray a blessing on everybody? Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Okay. We love you. Let me bless you. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for every person, even right now at the sound of my voice. Lord, I just do what your word says. If two or three would agree as touching anything, then there you are in the very center to meet that need. So, Lord, I just come together for any needs that anybody would have right now. According to your word, we just agree for all anxiety to be released and gone and finished. Yep. Anybody dealing with an emotional sadness right now, we just speak to that. We say the joy of the Lord be your strength in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. So we speak joy over those situations. Any sickness in body, we declare that by the stripes on Jesus' back, you have already been healed. So we come together and we just say be healed according to the word of the Lord. Anybody going through a financial struggle right now, Lord, that your provision will be seen. So we come together declaring that the need that they have financially that was coming to pass, we speak it because your word tells us we can. So we do that according to the word. So we speak out that and we agree it together. And we say thank you for every person, Lord. We just pray blessings over them. You go with them. And Lord, let your face shine upon them. Let your light shine on them. Lord, it's those that are traveling. I pray you put a hedge of protection, a shield of favor as they travel, they drive, they fly. Just give everything just to flow so perfect that they can walk by. We can look at this weekend and say, wow, that just went so peaceful because we agreed according to the word of the Lord. So I bless each and every one. I pray you go with them and just give them an awesome week. And we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love, love you. Have Happy a great Thanksgiving. Week. Happy Thanksgiving.